Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. Wherever you are in the world, glad to have you along with us. And hopefully you're looking forward to round four of the 2020 Formula One Championship, the British Grand Prix, of course. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Ben Hocking. Joining me, of course, are Samuel Sage and Harry Eve. Guys, how is your week going? All right. Um, I've had my dinner, so I'm glad it's race week this week. Because otherwise, I'd be really grumpy. What What are you going to have for your dinner, Sam? I got enchiladas. Oh, lovely! That's a great yeah. shower. I am excited to not talk to you guys, so I could go and have that dinner. <laughs> so Sam's answers are going to be unusually short tonight. <laughs> Bring it on! Come on, everyone! We'll get into it, and there is no chance that will maintain. Even even with enchiladas as a prospect <laughs> later on, I have no doubt we'll we'll get the same old Sam Sage. Would, enchiladas I'd be from Mexico. <laughs> and just to correct you as well it's not actually race week this week it's um rawa keek as ferrari yeah. say on their social media also Ra- yeah rawa keek is my new favorite thing because i think i feel like i'm the only person on f in f1 world at the moment i'm sick to death of people going it's race week i i don't share the excitement when people say it i'm like i know it was funny for um you know, when F1 did finally come back, because I think everyone was genuinely excited. But we've, yeah. gone, back, we've gone back to it, we know now, because literally every week until Christmas is going to be race week. So please stop. Please stop it. Yeah, I don't, just for me, please. I don't find it funny. <laughs> There's your weekly cry for help from the late breaking guy. <laughs> please stop it. Oh dear. Stop, stop spelling our name wrong. Stop saying it's race week when we already know it is. It's just there, all of the grievances whilst we're at it. You know, we're on a roll here. I want my yeah. dinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so other than that, we are actually going to talk about some other topics. We're going to be looking at the British Grand Prix coming up this weekend, asking whether it is going to be seven at Silverstone for Hamilton or not. Eddie Jordan has weighed in on the Sebastian Vettel situation, and we're going to be weighing in on him weighing in. 
we are a bit late on the news, but we have got three new cal- uh, three new tracks coming to the calendar this year. So we'll be looking at those and asking which of those we're most excited about. And we're going to be wrapping things up with a game of F1 fill in the blank. But first, we go to the British Grand Prix this weekend. Hamilton, already the most successful driver in British Grand Prix history, and he has a chance to extend that to seven wins this weekend. Sam, simple question. Do you think he's favourite? Oh, there's every chance. If anything, this is almost the easiest time he's ever had coming to Silverstone. Previous times, you know, Ferrari have been up there. Red Bull have been stronger. He's been in a car that's not as strong as we saw between kind of 2009 to 2012 period. You know, it was a tough car to drive when he was with that McLaren team. Um, You know, that McLaren team. You you might have heard of them. Um, Honestly... (laughs) The, he has one contender and one contender only, and that's Valtteri Bottas. And we are we, we see two sides to Bottas. We see first race of the season, Valtteri Bottas, Porridge 49.3, great driver, puts the pacing, can hold off Hamilton throughout a race, can nail a pole position. That is the Bottas that may have a chance of stopping Lewis Hamilton, who is an absolute machine when it comes to Silverstone. The guy just absolutely nails it. Or we get the other Valtteri Bottas, the I'm going to lay down and let Hamilton walk all over me and be a bit sad when I get out of the car. I'm very sad. Someone kind of make me smile, please. Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> and I think we're going to get the second one. I think his head's dropped already. I think the fact he started so well and we've had two races in a row now where he's underperformed. The Hamilton has already snatched back the league of the championship. I think that's quite devastating to him. He he kind of gets off well, and it's like, ah, oh, Hamilton's caught me already. It's like, you know, when you try to sneak down in the fridge at night time, your mum and dad are like, get back in bed. I'll see you. Get in bed. And it's like, ah, oh, that's ruined, isn't it? They're awake. It's not fun. Anyway, that Bottas is the child. Hamilton is your really grumpy dad who's trying to go to sleep. And he's caught you. And I think that Hamilton's going to crush it. I don't think Bottas stands a chance at the moment. So, uh, yeah, good job to Lewis. Sorry, Bottas. That's a 10 out of 10 analogy. Thank you. Gotta say. Yeah. I'm still trying to process Hamilton being a dad to Valtteri Bottas at the age of five. <laughs> I make that. So interesting how that situation came to be. Um, there are there are actually five points in the championship at the top. Lewis Hamilton, 63, with Valtteri Bottas, five behind on 58. Harry, do you think that Hamilton's the favourite going into the weekend? Um, you got to say yes, because we know how well Hamilton goes around Silverstone and, you know, there's no crowd power there this year. Um, how much that gives you is up for debate, but, um, I still don't, even without that, he's still, he's still mighty around Silverstone. Um, not to say, I, I'd slightly disagree with Sam. I think Bottas will still turn up because we, we saw him, uh, we saw him turn up last year and that was kind of midway through the season. Uh, and it was almost clear then that I think Hamilton was going to run run away with that with that title. Um, we're only we're only three races in now, so I, I don't think his head's dropped quite yet. And he got he snatched pole from Hamilton here last year, um, which is no mean feat. Uh, and he obviously was outraced, but he he put, definitely put up a fight last year at Silverstone. We missed it because they were filming the crowd. But um, yeah, I think I think Hamilton's still the favourite, but I, I would not rule Bottas out. Um, particularly on Saturday, if it's all dry, which it, I think it's going to be because we're having a heat wave here in the UK. Woohoo! Um, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't rule him out, but Hamilton's still the favourite. Uh, he's on top form again, and that car—I think that Mercedes around Silverstone is just going to be deadly. So um, 
rip everyone else who's not in a Mercedes. Yeah, what the other 18 drivers would give to have a go in that black Mercedes because it is much, much better than the field at the moment. And you're right in saying that Hamilton is brilliant at Silverstone and I think you'd be foolish to, you know, you'd be foolish not to back him or at least back him to finish on the podium. Um, I would say he is the favourite for the win out there. He's won five of the last six races at Silverstone. The only one he didn't win 2018 when Sebastian Vettel won. Hamilton was, of course, on pole position and was involved in an incident early on with Kimi Raikkonen, which set him to the back of the field. A safety car did help him out in that race, but he did recover to P2. So that's the only blemish in the last six years. Fairly impressive stuff. And yeah, with Valtteri Bottas, I, I still think he can give Hamilton somewhat of a fight. I don't know how long he'll be able to sustain it for. We've seen in the previous few seasons that he's been there early in the championship and hasn't really been there late in the championship. Um, so yeah, I think with, with five points in it, Valtteri's done a decent job so far to keep it close. He needs to keep that up though. Uh, and we saw Hungary was definitely the most definitive uh, victory of one Mercedes over the other this season. Uh, but Bottas wasn't really anywhere near Lewis Hamilton. So yeah, he needs to recover from that feat. He looked really disappointed when he got out of the car at the end of that Grand Prix. And he needs to use that. He needs it to, to fuel him onto a, onto a good performance here. Um, yeah, I think realistically, Lewis Hamilton in previous seasons, maybe not going back to 2014 and 2015, but if you think of 2017, 2018, 19, maybe, um, going into a race weekend, Lewis Hamilton has a number of challenges as many as five, three to five, I would say, is is generally uh, the average in that respect, the two Ferraris and his teammate. This season, it's going to be one driver can stop him, potentially two in Max Verstappen. I, I personally think Bottas is going to be the only driver that could put a dent in Lewis Hamilton winning this race. Um, we have to see how that happens. I think you were right in saying that Valdry Bottas is doing a very good job in qualifying against Lewis Hamilton. It feels like Bottas is there with Hamilton, even if he's not beating him, about 80% of the time. It's it's only, I'd say, 20% of the time that Hamilton is outright better than Bottas in qualifying. But that percentage seems to decrease when it comes to Sunday and it comes to race day. Um, I'd say Bottas can only challenge Hamilton at the moment, maybe on about 40% of occasions. So he needs to sustain that. He needs to take that qualifying performance and take how close he is there uh, and translate it into race day. Yeah, Hamilton's got to be a favourite to to make it seven wins. He doesn't have that crowd advantage, as you rightly say, Harry. But um, I think even without that, I think he's he's going to have enough to at least make this a two-horse race. And it's going to be very difficult to go against him. Ben, with those statistics becoming the human Amazon graphic for late-breaking there, it was fantastic. Um, he's also, of course, got the chance to take the all-time record, hasn't he, for home victories won by a single driver, which is just another thing that he'll get to say I did which is nice. It must be nice to say you've done so many things. I have about two in my life, so it's, uh, it's all right for a minute. Question? Yes. Oh, what? What the question, or what, what the two things Sam's done? Yeah, what, what are the two things? Oh, yeah, go on, Sam. I passed her out my shoe on a video. You did. <laughs> True. And I got held by Eddie Irvine. <laughs> you did. Two things, very much so. That's it. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, my question is... Say Hamilton doesn't win this weekend, does win next weekend, does that stat still count? Because next weekend is not technically the British GP, etc., etc. I think it well, what, doesn't. Give it. Drop an email to F1. 
Chase, just go Chase and your Dear moustache. Chase. Put Chase on put his moustache and copy. <laughs> Hello, Chase and your moustache. <laughs> Let me know. Does it count if Hamilton wins the not British Grand Prix, even though it is exactly the same track? Cheers, LB Boys. Chase's moustache F1 at gmail.com. <laughs> that, that, that's the that's the email address, yeah. <laughs> Now, some doubters yeah. might argue that we've gotten off track here, although I definitely <laughs> wouldn't agree with that. Just in case they have a point, let's move on to who could be Mercedes' biggest rivals this weekend. We saw the racing point was pretty handy in Hungary, but of course, in the race, it was Max Verstappen who offered the biggest resistance to the Mercedes guys, splitting them ultimately, finishing P2. Harry, Red Bull, racing point, another team. Who do you think is going to be second best? Um... I... Well, I wouldn't have called Red Bull second best last weekend, despite the fact that Max came second. Um, that car definitely was not second best, and I think it was only him sort of getting that mega start and and keep and you know driving a mega race. Ignore the fact he crashed on the formation lap um, that that kept the Red Bull there. Um, I think this weekend it could be more difficult for Red Bull, so I'd probably go for Racing Point as number two. Um, Ferrari, I read today, have not brought anything. Maybe there's some some adjustment to the, to the, the rear wing, but it's basically the same car as it was in Hungary, which is bad news for them. Um, yeah, and I just think the racing point will be too too quick for the Red Bull around Silverstone if it's you know so similar to last year's Mercedes. So um, yeah, the, I think racing point should be dis- like they've picked up points, but they should be disappointed from the haul they've got from those first three races, considering how quick that car is. So um, I think they'll definitely be looking to. They've got to get a podium soon because they're, otherwise they're wasting that car. So I'll go a racing point for for second best team this weekend. Yeah, what a place it would be to get that for them. Obviously, about one mile away from where they're based. Sam, do you see Racing Point as the second best team this weekend? Yeah, I do. I think that um, the tracks that we've had can be very equal splitting. Obviously, Austria came so early in the season, the first two races, the Styrian Grand Prix. If you're going to really pick at it. Um, it takes it while to find your feet. Perez and Stroll have been given a brand new car. They are not the creme de la creme of drivers as much as we love Sergio Perez. And Lance Stroll is growing. It still takes a couple of races to maybe go, hang on a minute, this car's pretty good. And then they go to Hungary. It doesn't suit the car down to the ground. You know, it was strong there, but it was nowhere near its full potential. Silverstone is the kind of track where the old Mercedes or Tracing Points Mercedes, the pink one, is going to absolutely flourish. I think that Mercedes engine will be able to stretch its legs. I think it will be so much faster down the kind of the back straight um, and around the incredibly fast Maggots Beckett's Chapel section um, where it really comes into its its own. I think the downforce capabilities around high-speed and mid-speed corners that that team have is going to look fantastic. I really think Red Bull are going to struggle to keep the Pink Panthers tucked in behind them Maxwell Stafford will once again elevate that car well beyond what it's actually capable of. I have no fear of that. It's whether Albon can step up and support him. Otherwise, I think that even Stroll will have the capability in this car to to stick it maybe on a 3-4 for Racing Point. Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty close in the fight for second. I don't think there's going to be a lot in it. If I had to choose, I'd probably say Max Verstappen specifically is going to be the biggest competition to the Mercedes guys. Two podiums from the first three races, the other one he retired from and probably would have finished on the podium there too. So I think I think Max Verstappen still will be the biggest challenger, uh, but that might be more down to who he is rather than the car he's driving because that Red Bull is... 
aerodynamically challenged. It, it, it's not what we've come to expect from the team. Same. It's... <laughs> Sorry, what was that? That's the like, same. I'm aerodynamically challenged. <laughs> it's because you shave your edge in, Muppet. <laughs> Rotund boy. <laughs> Wow, I've got nothing on that one. But Sorry, the, carry on. Yeah, no, I, I, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that that Red Bull is um, it, it's not got the strengths that it usually has. We've seen in previous years it be very good at the likes of Monaco, where aerodynamics are obviously incredibly important. It, it'd be like Mercedes of the 2014-15 era taking away their most powerful asset, which was their power unit. It's it's essentially taking away what they have been. The, the strength of the field that so um i don't know whether they're going to resolve some of those issues issues at silverstone it, it might just be a case of all of these upgrades that red bull have brought it's just happened too soon for them whereas in a normal season they'd be more spread out that could be the issue um but you can't rule out max verstappen that, that's one thing we know about him so I, i'm gonna still say he is the biggest threat but to your point about racing point, yeah, they, they should be strong again. Um, they were very quick in that first sector in Hungary, which you know is going to be probably the closest uh, sector we'd get from track to track. You know that that's the one that would be most representative around Silverstone. They're pretty good in the high speed corners. Maggots and Beckett's, Stowe, Cops, like they all rely on a lot of uh, they they rely on high speed corners like that. They, they'll need to be good there, and I think they will be. Um, and yeah, Racing Point need to pick up some need to pick up some points. They haven't quite they haven't quite got as many as their car would indicate they should have. And, and Sergio Perez, you could say, hasn't had a uh, hasn't had a tidy race from start to finish since the season has started. And, and Lance Stroll has been a, a little bit patchy. So I think they're sat sixth and eighth in the championship. Which, if you think they are the second best car, or even if you think they're the third best car, they should be doing slightly better than that. So I think it will be between those two. I don't see anyone else knocking them off the perch there. But yeah, I'm really interested. I think Racing Point might have the edge on the car, but Verstappen himself, I, I think he can do some damage. And he does a lot of damage, doesn't he? <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> yes, that's one word to describe this. Daphne. Let's move on to some bold predictions. Harry, I have so much confidence that this is the week you're going to get one right. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> no Come idea on. why. Um, Go on. What I, have you got? I can't remember what my last one was, actually, from Hungary. It I wasn't was right, wrong. obviously. Yeah, well, no I was Ferrari's going to score points. That was it. So, Sebi Vet doing me a... Doing me a dirty there um so my bold prediction for the british gp at silverstone as opposed to the 70th one is that george russell is finally going to drag that williams into q3 q3 appearance for a williams who'd have thought we've been insane at his, home, at his home gp yeah come on george yeah well sorry george it's not gonna happen now but <laughs> sorry sorry george <laughs> if Ben said it it will happen but You've got Harry on your team, so it sucks <laughs> to be you. Sorry, mate. Sam, what have you got for us? This one's really difficult because this season is so topsy-turvy that you don't really know what's going to be bold and what isn't anymore. Um, I think a racing point driver will finish... It's not even bold. I was going to say finish second. They'll, they'll be second. They'll beat one of the Mercedes. I was also going to say that I think both, both Haas drivers might score points. I don't know what one is more or less bold anymore. So... I'll go with both. Beating Mercedes is pretty bold. Yeah, I'm going to say that Lance Stroll will beat one of the Mercedes and be on the podium. Bloody hell, that is bold. Bold. That is bold. 
Although I do enjoy how, imagine thinking 12 months ago that a racing point finishing second might not be bold enough. That, that seems crazy. <laughs> um, I am going to go down a similar path to the one I did last time out. So I said that Daniel Ricciardo would finish P4, which of course didn't happen, but I'm going to stick with Renault. I think they've got more... I think they, I think they've got more to offer than what they're showing. So I, I've got two Renaults finishing in the top seven. Okay, I, I don't think that's mental, but I still think that's a tough one. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Come on, come on, Esteban, I'm relying on you. He's the man. Let us know in the comments what are your bold predictions. What do you make of our bold predictions? Um, we'd love to know if you've got something a little crazier than what we're coming up with. We love being called out for the morons that we are. Poll one, two, three. Harry, what have you got here? Uh, poll, I'm going to go a repeat of 2019. I'm going to put Bottas on, on pole position. But then for the race, uh, Hamilton is going to take the win. Bottas is going to be second. And Sergio Perez is going to be third as long as his COVID test doesn't come back positive. Please That's don't. True. That's an unknown as we record right now. Sam, what about you? Poll one, two, three. Walter 99.37 Porridge will be on pole. <laughs> And for the race wing, it will be Louis Ham. Second place, Lance Stroll. <laughs> Silly, isn't it? Third place, Max Verstappen. Oh, what? Bottas has had a stinker. He has. He, what is, what's happened there is he's driven through some porridge. I was about oh. to say it's going to be porridge wheel spin, isn't it? How <laughs> bad to bite him after he ate so much of it. It's too heavy. Well... <laughs> Surprised you didn't use that for your bold prediction that porridge Ooh. is going to interfere with the race. Rotunda boy. <laughs> One Pablo Montoya's back, Mr. Chunky. <laughs> Mr. Chunky! <laughs> I was hoping we were going to avoid Mr. Chunky for one goddamn video, but clearly Hashtag. not. Anyway, I'm going to go. Oh, mine's a bit boring. I'm really sorry. Um, Lewis Classic. Hamilton Pole. I think he'll win the race from there. I think it's going to be a Mercedes 1 2 because. They're really good, so I'm going to put Bottas <laughs> second. Uh, I'm going to have Max Verstappen finishing out the podium in third. Yeah, I mean, that is the most standard thing we're going to see this season, I think. I, w- I reckon that will be the most common set of podiums that we'll have seen for a long time. Those two, Max, in like 90% of podiums. Yeah. Yeah. But we live on. F1's back. I'm, I'm still in, I'm still on a high that we've even got Formula 1, so yeah. Mercedes can win as many races as they like at the moment. So the ba- Sebastian Vettel to Aston Martin, or Racing Point as they are at the moment, those rumours continue, and our favourite person in the world, Eddie Jordan, has of course had <laughs> his say on it. And he says that he wouldn't sign Sebastian Vettel if he was essentially the boss of his old team, um, saying that he was, uh, because of his age, and also he wouldn't want to disrupt the team as it is right now and what they've been able to accomplish with Sergio Perez. Do you see his point of view, Harry, or do you think um, that they should snap up Vettel with no questions asked? Uh, I do see his point of view, but EJ, we love you, man. But he is lying to himself if he's saying he would not have signed. If he was running Jordan and there was a four times world champion knocking at his door, absolute rubbish that he would not have signed it. But he signed Damon Hill for crying out loud. Um, nothing against Damon Hill, but you know, the, my point is, is valid. Um, yeah, I don't believe for a second that he would not have signed him. But having said that, I do see his point. And I think it's a point we've touched on before. Um, 
it's obvious who who Vettel would be replacing if he went to Racing Point, that being Sergio Perez. And Perez has, has been doing and has done a solid job for Racing Point slash Force India for many years now. So it's definitely a tough one for, for Racing Point to, 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 to decide on because ideally you'd have a Vettel-Perez lineup, and we've spoken about this before, um, but it seems overly harsh to get rid of Perez considering how well he's been driving. And um, he's driving better than Stroll is. Even, you know, last weekend, Stroll, or last race, sorry, Stroll out qualified him, but Perez still came back and beat him. So um, in the race, and we know how strong Perez can be in a race. So yeah, it's true. And I see his point of view, but I again, I'd, he's lying that he, Eddie Jordan in you know in the Jordan days wouldn't have fought to get a four times world champion, no matter who they are, into that yellow car. So come on, it come off EJ. Sam, do you think EJ's off his rocker? <laughs> well, I often see EJ as like myself, but old. So I com- I completely agree with what Harry said in the sense of 100% he will assign Sebastian Vettel if he still rang Jordan. But the point he is making, and it's probably the most sensical thing that the man has said for a long time, says a lot about me really, is that why would you disrupt that team? It's a team that's gone through turmoil. They've now been bought out. One seat is available for God knows how long because Lark Stroll realistically isn't going anywhere unless something awful happens in their relationship between father and son or whatever. Um Realistically, he's got a seat there for life should he want it and provide average performances. Sebastian Vettel is of that age where you have to pay him big money. You are not sure how good his performances could be at the moment. His form has been a little up and down. As much as I love Sebi Vett, I think he can turn a fantastic performance. But I do think Canada last year broke him a little bit. Um, He hasn't pulled out a, a, a tremendous drive in quite a while now. And... Why would you then get rid of Perez, who is incredibly supportive of the team, financially is aware of how things run, is ingrained in that side fantastically well. Everyone really likes him. He's a real representative of what that team is. A lot of spirit, a lot of heart, a lot of teamwork. And he's he loves it. See out Perez's career for a little while. Wait for a couple of years. And then I bet you, when Perez decides that maybe it's time to move on or he's lost it a little bit, there were some great drivers available. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Bottas, when he's replaced by maybe George Russell or Lando Norris, could go to Aston Martin. That's not a bad shout. There's a lot of opportunities coming up in the driver market when you're not a Red Bull driver. So I think it's silly to make the move for Vettel. I can see the appeal, but, um, oh, as I've just read this, Checo has been tested positive for COVID. Well, that's crap. Um, please don't pick Vettel, though. Checo's done a really good job. Yeah, we don't often deal with breaking news considering the time that we record these podcasts. But yes, Sergio Perez, after an unconclusive test earlier in the day, has had a second test and he's tested positive for COVID-19. So he's going to be out of the running this weekend. Uh, No idea, obviously, what they will be doing with that second seat at Racing Point. I think Esteban Gutierrez is probably the most likely to step into the role. But yes, Sergio Perez uh, tested positive for for COVID-19 and won't be taking part in the British Grand Prix. Um, yeah, but carrying on um, with the point there, and I with Eddie Jordan's statement about Sebastian Vettel, of course he does have that history of uh, at Jordan of employing Damon Hill, and um, I, I don't know off the top of my head how old Damon Hill was when Jordan signed him, but I'm pretty sure he's old. He was older than what Vettel is now, 
um, and it seemed to work out all right for him. Of course, Scott Jordan, his his first of only five or so race wins. Um, but yeah, I do see his point. I do see his point because Perez has become so well integrated into that team. Uh, he obviously does bring money, but he he's done so much for the team. We've we've spoken about this before. Um, and I am unconvinced that Vettel could go into that seat and do a better job than what Perez does. I, I'm honestly unconvinced by that because, yes, Vettel is still very good. You know, v- Vettel is a very good driver, but he is, and you can argue why, but he's not the driver he once was. Whether he's lost it completely or isn't able to show it in the environment that he's in, whatever the reason, it's not there. He's become error prone. There, there are so many mistakes with Vettel and and Perez. I'm not saying he's error free, but you know, he, he is a quality driver. Uh, and at this point in their careers, I don't see much between them at all. With Sebastian Vettel, and it, you know, we always say when speaking about Sebastian Vettel how he is a former four time world champion. But there's a reason we have to bring that up again and again. It's not as if every time we speak about Lewis Hamilton, we reference him as a six-time world champion because out there on the track in the last few years, he's proven why, and he's continued to improve on that. Sebastian Vettel, we keep needing to we keep needing to say that he's a four-time world champion because he hasn't been at that level for a long time, and that's the truth. It, when he had a chance to win a championship at Ferrari, he couldn't take it. Uh, and the last two years haven't been much better. He was beaten by a rookie in his first season at Ferrari and he needs to step up his game. And I I can understand why you wouldn't immediately without any questions asked, just sign him straight away. I don't think he'd be, I I don't think he'd be any better than, than what Perez is doing. Quite honestly, the only other thing I would say, and uh, is is he would be better than Lance Stroll. He would definitely be better than Lance Stroll. And I'm going to stick by what I said uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago, in that I think there is a realistic chance that Lawrence Stroll would ditch his own son because I think he is a ruthless businessman who doesn't care. So <laughs> I, I don't know. That one still seems like a, an outside bet, but I would not. I still wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing Perez and Vettel in the same team next year. You're mad, by the way. It won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, regardless of which way it goes now, Either I will come back to reference this podcast or you will come back to reference this podcast when I am right or wrong. Probably wrong. It's like that time I said Leclerc would beat Vettel and then I was right. So I think you said Leclerc was going to be the 2019 world champion, Samuel Sage. Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. I'll put enchiladas later. <laughs> yeah, reference that. We're a bit late on this news, but as we only uh, film once a week in non, non-race circumstances, it can happen like this sometimes. We've got three new Grand Prix for the 2020 calendar. We've got the Eiffel Grand Prix, which is going to be held at the Nürburgring on the 11th of October. Two weeks later, we get the return of the Portuguese Grand Prix, at a brand new circuit at Algarve. And then the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix at Imola a week after, the 1st of November. Harry, I mean... Are you excited about all three of these races? And if you had to pick one you're most excited about, which one would it be? Oh, tricky one. Um, yes, I am excited for all three because, you know, we've not been to two of them in, uh, well, you know, in Imola's, uh, Imola's case, we've not been since 2006. 
Nurburgring since 2013, so it's been a long time. I'd probably say the most excited, uh, I'd probably go with Nurburgring, just because we've had some classic races there. I think the only thing I'm worried about is the weather, because it's in in October, you know, in the Eiffel, Eiffel uh, region. And I think it could be quite cold and rainy. But anyway, we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there. Um, yeah, I'm excited for all three. Portimao or the Algarve, whatever you want to call it, that's that's a, a mega track. It's going to be cool to see F1 cars go around there. Um, the only res- reservation I have potentially is for Imola and the lack of overtaking, but we've spoken about it for you know Mugello as well. So, um, yeah, no, I'm excited for all three. It's just going to be great. I think it's going to be great to see these F1 cars go around some tracks that, you know, ordinarily we wouldn't have seen them go around. Um, and yeah, if there's positives to take out of this weird, weird year we've had, then this is one of them. Because when we, we have seen an F1 championship race at Mugello, Imola, the Nürburgring and uh, Portimao in one year, I don't think they ever would have done. So um, yeah, bring it on. Looking forward to it. think it could be really interesting. And you know, if Mercedes are so far ahead this year, it at least kind of levels the playing field a bit. It's it's new for everyone. Um, not to suggest that Mercedes will struggle, but at least there's something something for the other teams to you know to grab onto there. Yeah, it does at least throw another factor into the mix. Sam, of the three races, are you excited by all of them? And does one stick out to you? I mean, I'm excited for all of the new races for a number of different reasons, and that includes Mugello as Italians will clearly agree with me. That's how it's pronounced. Um, I think that that track will have the most incredible one-lap Q3 appearance. I think 2020 Formula 1 cars going around that Italian wonder will be fantastic. I think the race will be very done. I don't think anything will happen. But I'm still very excited to see Formula 1 cars go around there at full speed. Breakneck speeds is fantastic corners around there for the aerodynamic brilliance that are the current Formula 1 cars. In terms of the latest three announced, Imola, for myself, and I'm sure for you too, is full of nostalgia. It's full of Formula One wonder. We've had so many memories throughout history at Imola, both sad and happy. Um, and it's great to see it back. I and mean, if it's only going to be for one season, I love that it's come back for one season. It might produce the most dull Grand Prix all season. I'm okay with that for one season. Excited? Yes. Nürburgring. It's the Nürburgring. Hello. It's a shame we're not doing the, the full thing, but... It's a great track. It's fantastic. I actually think it might be a little processional, unfortunately, with the current cars that we've got. But I still think it's going to be awesome to whip through the Schumacher S in a 2020 Formula 1 car. Maybe Co-Masters can release it as DLC. Would love that. Uh, And then Porter, I generally think, thank you, is going to produce the best racing of a lot of them. It's a wide boy track. It's got a lot of heavy braking zones. There's uphills, there's downhills, there's so much undulation. It's very much in the same midst as what Spa is. You know, it's same as Silverstone. There's a lot of changes to that track. A lot of heavy braking, sweeping corners. I really think that um, we could see a fun race there. And I'm really excited to see what it produces. So bring them all on for this one-off crazy season that we're having. Yes, love it. I reckon the only one that I probably want to stay long term at a push Nurburgring, but I reckon Porter, Porter meow. That's like a weird cat when I say that. Um, I think that will provide the most interesting of races. Oh, I, guys, I, I can't tell you how pumped I am. Oh, Nurburgring's back on the calendar. I'm so, <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am. I love the Nurburgring. Um, it, it should be on the calendar every year. And I can only hope that 
uh, you know, this amazing track that gets the host in 2020. It's a stepping stone to a springboard for future races there. I've seen a few talks about the German Grand Prix having that, um, reinstating that agreement of Hockenheim and Nürburgring one year after the other. Um, so hopefully something like that comes back into place because it's an epic track and deserves to be there. Um, the Algarve I'm really excited by as well. Um, it, it's a circuit I've always wanted to see Formula One cars go around. I, I think it's certainly wide enough for Formula One. I think people sometimes dismiss it as something of a, a MotoGP circuit and a circuit that wouldn't work with Formula One cars. I, I don't think there would necessarily be... Uh, I don't know if overtakes would be plentiful. Uh, I think outside of turn one, there might not be all that many overtaking spots on the track, but I'm excited to see it happen. And the circuit itself, uh, in terms of the undulation and um, the elevation changes, that could be really exciting. Um, So yeah, definitely excited to see that one on there too. Imola, a lot of great memories of Imola. Um, Realistically, it's not going to be a... It's not going to be a China or an Azerbaijan where you get overtakes here, there and everywhere. Um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case for a good race. Um, if you think back to the last couple of races we saw at Imola, particularly 2005, it's not as if that one was an overtaking fest. At the same time, it was still a brilliant race. The tension of Schumacher and Alonso down to the very wire, down to the very end, you know, um, that was incredibly exciting and that didn't involve any overtaking whatsoever. I think people uh, sometimes get confused about overtaking and that there has to be a million overtakes per race for it to immediately be brilliant. Yeah, San Marino has proven before it doesn't have to be that way. So I think with all three, I don't think any of them will be uh, particularly plentiful in terms of overtakes, but I think all three of them have the potential to produce something good. Um, I mean, I agree with you, Harry, that you know, 2020 hasn't brought a lot of great news. Um, it's brought a lot of rubbish, but... One of the great things that it has allowed in Formula One, at least, is to try these new tracks. There's nothing to lose. And, you know, if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, never mind. It was a one-off. So, excited to see all three. I'm going to round off today with F1 fill-in-the-blank. Do we, we have a soundtrack for this one? Yeah, damn right we do. Thank you for that, Sam. F1 fill in the blank. Uh, I'll say a sentence. There will be a blank in it and we have to fill it in. It's almost as if it's what it says on the tin, really. Anyway, Harry, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Ferrari will be the blank best car at Silverstone this weekend. They will be the... Fifth best car this weekend at Silverstone, I believe. Uh, I'll have Mercedes, Racing Point, Red Bull, um, McLaren. Interesting. Interesting. Sam, what have you got on this one? They will be the sixth best car at Silverstone, which just feels awful to say. Sorry, Ferrari. Um, yeah, Mercedes, Racing Point, Red Bull, McLaren, Renault will be in front of them. They'll be fighting hard with Renault. I think they'll be very close to Renault, but I do think that Renault will get the better of them. Uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with Sam. Oh, that was tough to say. That was really tough. Thank right. you. Thank you, everyone. 
yeah, I think they'll be the sixth best team. And I've got the same five teams being ahead of them. Uh, Hungary wasn't too bad for them, but I think the the track suited the car somewhat. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to see them. I think they will be close with, with Renault and McLaren for fourth. Um, I think Racing Point and Red Bull will have too much for them, but we saw how much they struggled on the straights and in high-speed corners in Austria. And if they haven't fixed that coming into the weekend, it could be a tough one for them. So I'm going to go sixth. Second statement. The gap between Mercedes and the next best car in qualifying will be blank. Harry? It'll be seven tenths. A modest seven tenths. I mean, we're talking. A modest. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not so modest. Sam, what about you? Am I going for whichever driver gets pole to then, because they're going to get pole, to the next team? Pole to third. So, okay, so it's not the closest Mercedes. It's like the best that Mercedes can do to the best yes. the next team can do. I reckon 1.1 seconds. Oh, man, this just proves how good Mercedes are this year that we're talking in uh, in seconds rather than temps at this point. But The famous not. quote of a second in Formula 1 is a lifetime and Mercedes are literal light years ahead. <laughs> I'm actually going slap bang in the middle of you both. Um, I'm going to split the difference and say it'll be nine tenths between Mercedes and the next fastest car in qualifying. Uh, even even though on race day the Red Bull of Max Verstappen seems to be good enough to I don't know keep them in ch- some sort of check uh, in qualifying that car can't compete. And yeah, in Hungary we saw there was absolutely they absolutely crushed it. And, and theoretically Silverstone is about. 10 seconds a lap or so, 12 seconds maybe, faster than Hungary. Uh, sorry, it's uh, 12 seconds longer than Hungary. So there's an opportunity for, for that gap to increase even. I'll, I'll stick with uh, I'll stick with nine tenths. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a nail biting one or two tenths, that's for sure. And lastly, the driver that needs a good race the most this weekend is Harry. Um... Uh, uh, let's go for, and we have a video about this very driver, um, Alex Albon. I think he needs a just a just a solid entire weekend, and he, he kind of made up for himself in in the race or in Hungary. But it was a torrid quality. Um, he just needs to have a good weekend, you know, and just put some of those put some of those um, question marks about his about his seat at Red Bull to bed a bit. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Alex Albon. And when you say he needs a good weekend, are you focusing more on performance rather than the actual result that comes out of it? Uh, yeah, because it, it doesn't matter. I think it just needs, it needs to be relative to, to Max. So it's wherever that Red Bull is. We don't know yet until we see it, see them out on track, but he needs to be closer to Max and just sort of consistent, consistently closer to Max across the whole weekend. Um, closer in quality, closer throughout the race. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter if they're eighth or ninth, as long as it's um, they're close to each other, then I think that that will be enough. Interesting stuff. Sam, who have you got for this one? So I was, I was going to agree with Harry, I was going to say album, but I'll try spicing up a little bit. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas needs a really solid weekend this weekend. Otherwise, um, there's every fear that he 
has a poor result, maybe gets beaten by another driver like happened in Hungary. Hamilton wins the race and extends that victory and we see the classic Bottas head drop and that might be it for the rest of the championship. I think if Bottas exceeds expectations, has a really solid result here, there's every chance he could take that title fight to Hamilton for the rest of the season. And he'll feel even more confident when he comes back to Silverstone the weekend after because he will have a great result. So I'm, I'm rooting for him for a, the hope that we get a championship fight and um, that Bottas pulls something out of the bag. In terms of that result, are you essentially saying he needs to win considering how good that Mercedes is? In that Mercedes, victory is what you would expect. A good result for me is beating the other teammate in that Mercedes by a good few seconds. That's good. You know, that is, which is amazing because that Mercedes is that great. But yeah, for, for a, a good result in the Mercedes is qualifying pole, P1 in the race. Okay. Um, ironically, um, uh, the driver I had written down for this one was Sergio Perez because um, Racing Point are in need of some good points to reflect what that car is capable of. Of course, we now know that Sergio Perez won't be competing. So I'm going to switch to the other Racing Point and say it's now on the shoulders of Lance Stroll. And, and actually, I think with Sergio Perez being being out of the running, the yeah, it, it makes the job of Lance Stroll all that much more difficult and all that much more important because He's now the effective team leader, which I don't really think is is a role he's ever he's ever really needed to. I guess you could argue he was the team leader at Williams when Sorokin was his teammate, but the car was so uncompetitive. I don't think it really mattered at that point. So I'm going to say Lance Stroll. He, he needs to show that essentially if Sergio Perez isn't going to be there, which could be the case from next season onwards, that he is the guy who has the most experience in the team. He's the guy that can pick up the mantelpiece, essentially, and, and run with it. And um, I'm not sure whether he's capable of it. And I think this weekend might give us some insight in that respect. So, yeah, I'm going to go Lance Strong. Interesting, interesting stuff. Well, it's going to hopefully be a pretty action-packed Grand Prix. And uh, we await more news around the Checo situation. Mika Hakkinen could come out of his sabbatical to take that seat. You never know. I've seen, I've seen the words um, Nico and Hulkenberg just being brashed about on Twitter as well. It'll be good to hear, Aries. Sorry, everyone. It will be good to hear, Aries. Or Vettel. If it's Vettel, I will scream. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I literally said in this podcast, you'll never see Perez and Vettel. I'll know that still wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just so essentially what would happen is Vettel would go into the racing point seat and Luca Badawa would go into the Ferrari seat. Correct. It's 2009 again. Good stuff. Just wanted to clarify on that. Um, of course, we don't know exactly how that lineup will go as of yet. Um, but until then, we'll be back with our race review on Sunday as per normal and then back for another preview this time next week uh, where we'll be previewing again at Silverstone, but this time the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Sam, in the meantime, if you'd like to get us out of here. Well, folks, if you've enjoyed the podcast and all the content, get over to our YouTube channel, see some more content there. We've got a video coming out about is Albon good enough for that Red Bull seat with Aldas, the YouTuber. It was a really great chat. Get involved with that. Um, and, of course, come back for the, the race review. It's always a very spicy, spicy video after the race weekend, so we'd love to have you. But in the meantime, I've been Sam Gassay. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Kenny Atchison. <laughs> I remember, keep breaking late. Podcast Network.